It's a very good afternoon. It is Niall Boylan with you right to about one o'clock today. We want to take your calls. Don't forget, by the way, if you want to call, you want to... Well, don't call, actually, because they won't answer, but just WhatsApp. If you want to WhatsApp or text, you can right now on 85 That's 85 There's the number on the screen. Don't forget it. Save it in your phone. If you want to get involved in the conversation, just WhatsApp that number. Give them the point you want to make and say, let me on. I want to talk. Because that's what this is all about. It's your show. We want to talk. We got a lot of compliments about yesterday's show, by the way. That speech by Eamon de Valera certainly went through people's bones. It was a bit chilly, wasn't it? It was. Uh, some people actually described it as creepy uh, because it almost predicted what would happen to RTE over time. Uh, of course, de Valera said RTE could be a very dangerous platform if in the wrong hands. He also talked about, you know, trusting the executives, etc., etc. We now know, of course, the latest on that is Ryan Tuberty and Noel Kelly have agreed next Tuesday to appear before the Oireachtas Committee, but put the popcorn away, it's not going to be televised, it'll be done privately, and the reason that happens, of course, is because he's not an employee of RTE, and he's not an employee of the civil service, so he has no legal obligation to appear before the Oireachtas, he's doing it voluntarily, although the Minister, Catherine Martin, did say that she did have other means to get them before the Oireachtas if they didn't agree to do it voluntarily, but either way, we will get a full report on what is actually said, but it's just an awful shame it's not on television. Anyway, first thing I want to get to, of course, is Irish civil servants have been advised to use gender pronouns in emails. Now, this, of course, according to Grip Media and journalist Ben Scallon, who joins me on the line. Ben, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Niall. Great to be here. Okay, so what is this? Now, I'm looking at the leaflet. I have it here in my hand. This is the kind of leaflet that's online that they're directed to. So it's essentially telling people to, is it just to support these and be an ally of the LGBT community, to wear a pride pin? or what? I mean, what exactly are they requesting their staff to? So, yeah, it, it's basically a quote-unquote inclusion or inclusivity uh, guide for Irish civil servants, and it has a whole host of recommendations. This is from the official kind of assistance portal for Irish civil servants in all departments. Uh, it's it's kind of like a sub-branch of the Department of Public Expenditure, I believe, and it just tell, tells civil servants how they can go about their work and how to solve workplace disputes and things of that nature. And one of the things that it mentions is that they, they recommend you put your gender pronoun bio uh, in your kind of email signature yeah. when you're emailing people, whether or not you're transgender yourself, just out of kind of solidarity with the mm. LGBTQIA plus community. Uh, so, yeah, the fact that you would say, my name is Ben Scallon, he, him and then your role or whatever see, it might be. I'm a bit weird like this. When I see an email from somebody or a bio from somebody and they have he, him, she, her or whatever it is in it, I'm always worried because I always think they're going to be trouble. They're going to be hard work. Now, maybe that's just me who feels like that. I am not going to use they, them pronouns. Firstly, by the way, the definition of them is two or more people. You know, it's not a noun as such. So I'm not going to use that to identify. Now, if somebody wants to identify as a they or a Z or whatever it happens to be, that's their thing. If I completely respect that. That's what they want to identify as. But I don't want to be, I don't want to be forced into doing it. So what happens if you, if you don't comply, so to speak, or you're not, you know, you're not happy with this idea? I mean, is there some sort of discipline reaction? Well, I don't think there's disciplinary action for this. They kind of have couched it more as like a guideline or something they're encouraging staff to do in the Irish civil servant, uh, civil service, should I say. I heard a lot of people saying that they don't do it 
and that they wouldn't do it, even though their workplace was kind of putting pressure on them to do that. I think that's becoming more and more common now in uh, various corporate structures. You're seeing that where there's sort of a prodding to uh, try and buy into this stuff. I mean, one of the other recommendations on the on the list was that you should wear pride colors on your person all year round, whether or not it's pride month. And, you know, I think even that in and of itself is kind of telling because uh, it originally started as pride day. Yeah, it it's kind of got a bit over the week. top now, isn't it, really? To be honest now, with you, it'll pride be pride month. year you next know, year. You know, <laughs> you know, Niall, I've heard people talking about how we're, we should be looking at a Pride season. So it's, ah, it's more stop. people again. Before before you know it, we're going to have like a new Chinese Zodiac calendar where it's like year of the pansexual. You know, that <laughs> level of uh, out of control mania. So I mean, yeah, I, I do. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand many years ago why there was Pride parades, why there was a Pride day. Of course, it was very difficult for gay people coming out, you know, and, and this acceptance in society was very important. So I understood that. But at the point we're at now, we're a very tolerant society, with the exception of some of the stuff that we've been asked to believe. We're a reasonably tolerant society. I don't think it's necessary to accelerate it. Yes, have the Pride Day, if that's what you want to have, as long, by the way, as it's acceptable behavior. Although we've seen some of the Pride Parades across, particularly the United States, unacceptable behavior with men walking around in the nip, by the way, in front of children, which is absolutely atrocious, considering it's meant to be a family day out. But, I mean... Pride Month, to me, is completely over the top. It's completely unnecessary. I don't understand what the purpose of it is. And the, the idea of a Pride season. Now, when we talk about disciplinary action, only a short while ago, of course, you spoke to Drew Harris, uh, the chief uh, of Angarda Shia And this is what he had to say. This is compliments of Grip Media, of course. Uh, just play or that. To video. refuse to use a person's preferred pronouns, or again, if they were to misgender somebody, that there could be disciplinary action taken against that officer. Oh, well, there's be a management response, and that could escalate as far as discipline, but there would always be a management response in the first place. It's about actually setting examples and requiring an example. It's wrong just to categorise this as straight as a discipline issue. It's a management issue and a, and a performance issue in the first place. There you go. It's a management issue and a performance issue in the first place, but yes, it could be passed up to management and there could be disciplinary. Now, he went back on that as far as I remember. Can you remember? That was last month, I think, and he went back on that, didn't he? Yeah, he did. There was intense backlash from some of the Garda representative organizations who were saying, like, this is ridiculous. You know, we, we can't be expected to abide by this because, you know, I've, I've done a lot of reporting on this issue, how according to the HSE's official guidelines on how to refer to patients, they have kind of a rainbow badge guide, I think they call it. And I did a whole report on this. And that includes even using pronouns like, as you mentioned earlier, Z and Zer instead of he and her. And that sounds comical to some people who might be listening who haven't heard of that before. They might think, oh, this has to be a joke. I'm telling you, they, there are people who take wow. this deadly seriously. And if you're a doctor in the HSE and somebody says, my pronouns are Z, Zer or he, her or whatever it is, and you don't use those pronouns, you could actually get in trouble. And the Garda commissioner attempted to make that a policy uh, as Gripped covered my publication. But then, due to the intense backlash, Gardy, uh, individual Garda officers said, here, this is a piss take. And on that basis, it was... <laughs> I'm not calling anybody a Z or a Zer or whatever that happens to be. As far as I'm concerned, it's he and him or she and her, and that's it. But, but I mean, look, as I said already, people can have their own pronouns. You can call yourself milk chocolate if you want to. I think I'll call myself brilliant and amazing and see will people respect that. I don't think they will, to be honest with you. But, Ben, I mean, going forward, I suppose, on this, we can see a point where this is all 
world changing where, I mean, we've seen banks in the UK demanding their staff wear badges with he, her, she, him, whatever, or he, him on it. Um, we're seeing people using it in their bios. Although the bio thing is a bit like, do you remember years ago there was a kind of fad where everyone started changing their name to Irish on Facebook and so sort of, I, I thought it was a bit pretentious, to be honest with you. I, I think the bio thing is a bit of virtue signaling, really, isn't it, when you see it on people's bio? Ah, uh, yeah, it's mostly just an indicator of, uh, you know, the fact that you're uh, up on the latest thing as far as uh, social progress. <laughs> the the same bios usually have a pride flag and a Ukrainian flag on it as well. They're usually the same bios that will have those flags on them as well. Totally, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, They're progressing and they don't know where they're progressing to, but they're going somewhere and that's that they want the whole world to know. But I think, you know, speaking of, uh, you, you mentioned the situation with banks in England and how they're forcing their uh, staff to wear these badges. I think about the implications with the, the hate speech legislation that we've talked about a lot recently. Obviously, this has been in the news for a long time and it's caused a lot of controversy. But who knows if, uh, you know, misgendering somebody could potentially be a hate crime under the new legislation that the government is pushing because actually in the wording of the legislation, they specifically mentioned that, uh, you know, it protects gender car car uh, categories other than male or female. So, Which, which by the way, contradicts the legislation in the country and the Equality Act because the Equality Act only protects male and females. So that kind of, unless they're going to update that as well, mind you, uh, that kind of contradicts our own legislation. Now, we, we spoke, by the way, uh, to Jared Crogwell, Senator Jared Crogwell, uh, only recently in relation to the hate speech legislation. And I don't want to move too much away from what we're talking about, but that seems to be motoring on through. Even with all the work that you did personally with Grip Media in relation to that and the submissions, the minister, she basically is saying that we're all misinformed, we're all deluded in some way or another. And she even gives examples and she talks about, well, J.K. Rowe, wouldn't be prosecuted. Uh, neither, of course, would, uh, what's his name, Kennedy recently, who used the word knackered when he was describing being tired in an interview in Canada. Even though Eileen Flynn uh, said, uh, the TDI of Eileen Flynn said that was hate speech, she said she didn't think it would be. So what we're basically doing now is allowing the Minister for Justice to decide what is and isn't hate speech without actually defining it. So is she going to be in the courtroom every time somebody's prosecuted to say, oh, I'll allow that one. Nah, I won't allow that one. I'll allow that one. So who's deciding what we can and can't say anymore? Totally. I mean, we've reached the point where it's political correctness gone mad and we see it every single day in the court of public opinion where people are absolutely pilloried for very inoffensive, mundane comments or, you know, something being taken up the wrong way unfairly. And on that basis, they get dragged through a media circus. We all see this all the time. Many people live in fear of this on a day to day basis in their work, you know, in their school, wherever it might be. And so we're going to now take that same circus out of the court of public opinion into the actual courts, where it's not just your reputation that's potentially being destroyed, but that if somebody takes you up the wrong way and the comment you made that you didn't mean to be offensive, you could potentially even be convicted of a criminal offense. You know, that's, I think in, in any circumstance, these laws would be crazy, but particularly when we're talking about a society as politically correct as ours, where everybody is offended by everything all the time. And finally, just before you go, Ben, 
Everything is being consumed. I don't know how media is surviving at the moment without Ryan Tuberty and RTE. Everything is being consumed by RTE. Do you find that stories are being buried as we speak over the last two weeks? And the government are probably delighted because the focus is not on them. And quite the opposite, actually. They're coming out the heroes in this, of course, because they're the ones, you know, quizzing these RTE executives on a daily basis on what it can only be described as popcorn television. So do you find it's kind of, we're basically things like the hate speech legislation, which was debated last week in the in the Shannon, all this is going unnoticed because of it's kind of top story every single day. Yeah, there might be some of that going on because, of course, I'm happy to see what's happening with RTE, and it's good that they're actually being held to account for all of this stuff. Some of it is outrageous. Spending five grand of taxpayer money on flip flops for a summer party is. But they were nice flip flops. In fairness, they were nice flip flops. I, uh, to be fair, uh, I will grant them that. <laughs> I, I'm opposed to on an ideological level. So, but, yeah. but regardless, you know, I'm I'm happy to see what's happening there. But I, I don't know if you felt this way, Niall. But while I was watching some of the grillings that were going on during the committee meeting, I was thinking, wouldn't you just love to see the same politicians doing the grilling in the hot seat themselves over something like I'm just going to pick an example, COVID, for example. Oh yeah, I mean, Sweden. Sweden has finished their COVID inquiry as of last year. Uh, the uh, UK the have theirs ongoing as well, too, yeah. I, I mean, it would be wonderful, you know, to see Stephen Donnelly, members of Neffet and others sitting in the firing line when you're turning around saying, and you really believed a nine-euro meal was going to save somebody's life? <laughs> you know, I mean, that would be really interesting, wouldn't it? Totally, absolutely. And I mean, it has to happen at some stage. They want to keep kicking the can down the road, but I'd really love for uh, people to continue to hold the government's feet to the fire on that because they've said there's going to be an inquiry. There has to be an inquiry and I just want to know when that's going to be. Ben, listen, thank you very much indeed. As usual, I appreciate you coming on the air. Ben Scallon, Grip Media. Thank you very much. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Podcast. Listen live on Facebook, YouTube and all the usual live stream services. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text 085 100 2255. The Nile Boylan Podcast. They told me to shut up. Available for download from all your usual platforms.